0: What you're motivated by will make all the difference. Most people, the vast majority of people, are only motivated by pain, mm. right? And so they are only going to move when the pain of what they're doing is worse than the pain of what they're perceiving. And so a lot of people live their lives like this. I imagine you work with a lot of these people, Cody. Yeah, you'll get people that come to you and say, "Man." I'm about to, you know, I went to my doctor. He said, I'm going to get type two diabetes the way I'm going. I'm using, I'm just making this up. He's not said this. So if this is you don't feel bad, like I was a fat kid and I see it made fun of. And you know what, what I did with that was I used that as motivation to make sure that that would never happen again. Guess what? I'm healthier because of it. So like what you do with the pain is completely up to you, right? It's like, don't put it on other people. Like they were mean to me. Well, what are you going to do about it? When you have a vision, the fastest way to get discipline is to have a great vision.
1: All right, so I'm going to do like a a casual introduction, but I'm going to let you formally introduce yourself because I still, I mean, I feel like I was learning more about you on the way here in the truck. You know, I still don't know a ton about you, so I'm excited about this podcast because this is going to be a way for me to dig deeper into your story and really pull out almost like, and I'm going to, we'll link this in the description of the podcast, but you guys did an episode, like I told you before, on your podcast, which is The Impossible Life. Yes. Now we're on The Tailored Life, which I love. Good. And it was great because it was a really transformative life story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I related to it in so many ways, and I know the, the listeners are going to as well. You've reached a level of success with your business, with your family, with your your relationship with God, with yourself yeah. personally that is – it's really cool, man. It's just really respectable to see. Thank and you. I think that the part that was so relatable to me is that you were an average dude who was dealing with stuff that a lot yeah. of people shouldn't have to deal with but unfortunately do, yeah. you know, and at a certain point in time – and I'm not going to speak – for you too much, but at a certain point in time, it seemed like you you just had enough, and you decided to create change, which is the scariest part for people. Yeah, and you went down a path of of creating change in your own life, and I want to really pick that apart. Yeah, because my goal is that people will listen to this and
0: be able to change their lives. Yeah, through the actions Good. that you no, change be, yours with for sure, and that would be my honor to do it. You know, I think the first of all, my name is Nick Surface. I am the other half of the Impossible Life podcast with uh, my co-host Garrett Uncle Bach, who you know very well, who's a former yeah. Navy SEAL. We've not been around for as long as you have, man, hundred episodes, but it's, it's, uh, man, it's so much fun. Our podcast focus very much on mentality and we look at it from a biblical, a biblically based worldview. So we come at it and we, we have principles that guide what we're saying. We go very deep into, I'm an NLP practitioner as well. I'm not just a guy who's, uh, making up some stuff. Like yeah. I like to learn from other people and learn from patterns.
1: And explain what that is for those. Oh,
0: yeah. Sorry. NLP is a uh, neuro linguistic programming. So if you've, if you're familiar with Tony Robbins, if you've ever seen what he does and you go, wow, this guy's, you know, superhuman. Tony Robbins is just like a master at NLP. He's really good at understanding states. It's a form of psychology. It was developed by psychologists. I'm also really into cognitive behavioral psychology. So I'm very much like, I I if I had to do my life over again, uh, and I wouldn't want to, but if I did, I would become a psychologist just because I I find it so fascinating the way that we work in our minds. And the reason that I find that so fascinating is... What you, you touched on some radical change. So to give people a little bit of, I'll flashback ten. Let me let me tell you where I'm at now, and then we can flashback if you want to do that. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Okay. Perfect. And, and re- real quick
1: for everybody too, the reason just to to kind of add on to why I'm having Nick on the podcast as well is through a lot of just somewhat coincidental, but let's just say God moments. I've been put in front of him, but before him was Garrett, before yeah. Garrett was Steve Weatherford, yeah. before that was my best friend, Cody, who was like, you need to come with me on a trip. You guys have heard, if you're listeners of the podcast, you've heard Cody Smith on the podcast a couple of times. I've mentioned my mentor, somebody who I work with on personal development, business development, life development, and that's Garrett. Yeah. So I sought out Garrett as a mentor and then obviously was consuming his content. And Nick is the co-host. And right. for a long time, it was like, Nick was the co-host, right? Yeah. And so, and you are, but I mean that from a standpoint of like, there's a lot behind the scenes that oh, Nick yeah. does, you know, yeah. there's a lot of marketing and a lot of editing, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times it's pulling things out of Garrett that he learned through his life and the new sure. and stuff, which is amazing. But there was an episode where Nick got to tell his story, and I was blown away. And I was like, dude, we need to get you on the podcast yeah. because it's so relatable and it's so transformative. And so that's why Nick's here today is because I heard that and was like, dude, I want you on the podcast. Thank you, man. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, now
0: – now Let me – yeah, And I, I hope my life can be an encouragement. I'll, I'll say to anybody out there, if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like – dissatisfied, whether it's you, you wake up and you hate going to your job or you don't like the way that your, your fitness is or the way that you look or how you feel about yourself. You struggle with depression and anxiety of just truly just being fed up of your life, being disappointed because you had those, maybe those high school dreams of like, I'm going to be great. And then life came and, and just slowly wore you down. I hope that my story will be a great encouragement to you. I know exactly how you feel because I spent a long time there. You know, I'm a guy who's been depressed for six years. I was alcohol dependent and I'll get into that a little bit. And in the past 10 years of my life, what I will say, there's a great quote from Bill Gates. He says, most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that the past 10 years of my life could not look more different. And I am definitely want to dive into that. So let me tell you where I'm at right now. So I've been married for 18 years. I got three amazing kids. My wife... Is my favorite person in the world, truthfully. Like, I just love her. I, I call her, and this is kind of funny, but it's, I call her the ranch dressing of life mm-hmm. because I like, you know, I'm American, ranch man. Goes, yeah. Ranch, goes, ranch makes everything better. Right. <laughs> and so does my wife. So she's, she's amazing. And I got three kids. We live here in Dallas, Texas where Cody's actually, you know, visiting yeah. us right now. So I'm honored that you, you, you were down here and would have me on and soon to move the, the
1: I've, I've said it plenty of times. Have you? Okay. Yeah. So it's public.
0: It, All right. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to say it for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. We can't wait to have you down here, man. This is, these are your kind of people down here. Yeah. So you know, so and I've got three businesses. So Garrett and I do an online group coaching with with our, with our podcast for people that just want to grow and, and develop an elite mindset. I'll get into some of that because it's something that that sounds a little bit. I don't know. People might take it the wrong way to say you feel like you have an elite mindset, but I true I've been in some. Impressive rooms. I feel like I have an advantage in every room I go into. And I, I, I don't mean that arrogantly. I just mean, I know the way that I think works because I've, I've seen it work. I've observed it. I've learned it and I'm happy to dive into that. You've earned that though, too. Well, I paid a great price for it, a great price for it. And that's the, you know, that's really the secret is you can have anything you want if you're willing to pay the price, right? But people struggle because they either misestimate the price or they get hung up on the how to. And that's why a lot of people never even get past step one is because they get hung up on the how to. But. Yeah. So, you know, got three businesses. I'm a marketing consultant, get to work with really cool brands like Ticketmaster doing performance marketing. I have a, I also own a production company and that's just super fun. We get to work, you know, you get to tell visual stories. We do, you know, motion graphics production post production for big brands, TaylorMade, Rawlings, HubSpot, like really fun things where you get into storytelling. You get to tell these high end visuals around products that are amazing with professional athletes and all sorts of like, you know, we just came back from working with HubSpot, you know, all sorts of big names in the marketing world, and also Derek Jeter and some bigger names were there, and it's just fun. So yeah. I, I enjoy what I do. I'm excited about my life. I feel like the what's possible for me. Like I say to my wife all the time, I'm like I just feel like we're still at the beginning of the runway, and like, and I look at where we're at now compared to where we've been in our lives, and I mean, I am already way beyond what my what my dreams were. My my dream, whenever if you would have gone back ten years ago, so let's flash back, ten years ago. I moved out from the UK. I didn't mention that my wife is English. I moved out from the, from the UK. I had no job. I had $9,000 in my savings account that I had saved up for, for years. And I had one baby and I had, I literally had nothing. I had a bunch of boxes that were coming over on a freight. It was, it was not even a container. We moved into a, a small place in Poway, California with my parents in their, in a room in their house. I'm 31 at the time. So. You know, really, really winning at life at this point. It's my age. I'm 31. Right. So, yeah, yeah, imagine I'm your age, man. And I'm moving into my parents. You're moving in with your parents. Like, hey, that's what everybody's dream is, right? You've got a kid. So, imagine you were taking all of them back in. This is where I'm at. And I've got $9,000. I've got no job. and I'm. But I knew that I'm coming off of six years of depression in the UK and an alcohol dependency because I was just so miserable, man. I know what it is to wake up and feel numb. Like, where you wake up and you literally, you look forward to nothing. And... The only time that you really feel anything is because you drink, and that's why I drank. That's why I say I was dependent. I wasn't like an alcoholic where I needed to be at home and I would have to have a drink, but there was this feeling that I'll never forget, and I've since kicked it. I'm happy to get into that if you want. So all you can we can go wherever you want, but I I would take a drink and it would just be like oh finally. I would, it was literally it was like a sigh of relief because I was just so happy to like feel something again, and that's a terrible way to live. I mean, and I had good things in my life, and you know what? One of the reasons I'm so big on gratitude is because. Gratitude, like, is showing appreciation. And we know this from, from assets and from business. What happens when an asset appreciates? It goes up in value. So what you appreciate goes up in value as yeah. well. And there was so much in my life that I wasn't appreciating. So, so you could look from afar and be like, Hey, man, you were out in the UK. I played soccer the whole time. We, Cody and I shared a little bit about how we both love soccer. I was in a band. I, you know, I had some cool stuff going on, but I was so miserable because I just life, I had great expectations for going out there. I moved out there when I was 23 years old. I had great expectations for what was going to happen in business. I was very green and naive to a lot of the way the world worked. England's a hard place, man. If you don't know anything about England, it's a cold, harsh culture. And I wasn't living in London. I was living in the middle of the country, like where it would be like the equivalent of saying, hey, I'm moving to America. And you're moving to some like some place in the middle, like that is not very well how do I say this? Socioeconomically, it's not high up there. I'll just put it that way. So pick wherever you want in America that represents that to you. That's where I moved. The average income where I moved into was t seven thousand dollars a year, and that's that's like a conversion rate. And by the way, they pay thirty three percent minimum tax bracket out there, and sixty to seventy percent of your fuel price, which is ten dollars a gallon, is goes to tax. Sales tax twenty percent. So everywhere you're going, you're getting hammered on taxes. Jeez. Things are expensive, and you're making no money. It was very hard, and people are cold. The weather sucks. It's a very harsh cynical climate so like you're surrounded by just negativity and people constantly you know like there's a very heavy class system out there so people like they don't expect to move up like it's weird for us but everybody knows david beckham or you know he's a pretty yeah. famous david beckham's middle class doesn't matter how many hundreds of millions he has because the class system out there is you're either born into it or you're not so mm-hmm. if you want to if you're upper classes because you have you have land and title that's been passed down and that's how it is so like you have this mindset I'm born here, I'll die here. That's what's called a fixed mindset, not a growth mindset. So I go out there green at 23, hopes and dreams, positive. I've always been a fun loving guy. And I just really, I got crushed by what I didn't know. So like when they say what you don't know can't hurt you, that is a lie because, <laughs> because it
1: hurt a lot. Yeah. So a few things I want to, well, first one, random. How, how many years ago was that then when you lived out there?
0: Oh, when I, you were in a band. Oh man, like. Jeez, now this is going back probably fifteen years ago. 15 years ago, um, I said jokingly because uh, my wife always gives me crap. One
1: of my favorite bands of all time is Oasis. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I used to look like like people used to make fun of me, and be like, "Oh, you guys look like you're in the band." Well, yeah. when you said that you were you lived over there and you were in a band, I was like, "I gotta, I gotta mention Oasis."
0: Oh man, I love Oasis. Yeah, yeah.
1: so I, I definitely want to pick apart at the the low because I think yeah. that's that's really helpful. But before I do that, you kind of you, you said something briefly about regarding where you're at now is it's kind of surpassed what you wait. Thought, yeah. Sorry. Right. So, yes. And so my question with that is, is how do you continue to level that up? Like for the average person. And yeah. I think that, cause there's times where I kind of shared with you off the air where I almost hit a low, not too long ago because I did check off all those boxes mm-hmm. and it didn't open up new yep. possibility for me because my environment yeah. wasn't conducive to how far I could take things. Yeah. And so it actually made me depressed. Cause I'm like, well, what's the point? I'm here now mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't have joy, which sent me down a, a long winded path of different things and development and, and seeking different things and new successes and relationships, all kinds of stuff. But it definitely took a push to get there. Yeah. So I guess my question for you is how do you have for for average people like having that a growth mindset and not only, you know, this is why I had you on the podcast, actually. The amount I don't know if you know this percentage because I don't. How many people in America actually become a Navy SEAL? Oh, man. And if you had to take a wild guess,
0: because you're like, of the whole American population or of yeah. the people that go to? The whole American population. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's less than the NFL. So it's pro- crazy less than 1%. Yeah. Right? Way less than 1%. 0. Yeah. percent 0.
1: percent probably. It's yeah. Crazy.
0: The, the, I mean, just to get a seal contract and I'm speaking on behalf of Garrett's one of my best friends. We talk about this stuff all the time. So I don't, I'm not a wannabe. I don't ever pretend to be, but I right. do know a lot about it from our conversations just to get the contract is hard enough as it is. Right. And then you have to go to like pre buzz, which is like a, tr- you know, a training and, and then go to boot. Yeah, then you go to boot camp where they do like a different thing for seals, and you work even harder. And there's a whole workup process. And guys drop out the whole way.
1: What is it in, for the NFL? Do you know the percentage of people in America that actually make the NFL? Man, I don't. I'm gonna prove it really. Like, if you had to take a wild guess, if I'm I, not a sports I, guy, so I wouldn't. Yeah,
0: guess. no, I'm a big sports guy. I mean, that make the NFL. Well, let's think there's there's 53 man roster. There's third. I think it's 32 teams on there. So, I mean, what's the math? And that's like 1500, 1500, 1600 guys in the whole of the country. And, and we're about 360 million. So what's that work out to? Oh my gosh. That's like, you know, way less. That's like point zero zero five. It's like a half a percent of a per, of a tenth. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like a f- five hundredths of a percent. It's very small. So Navy SEALs is probably even smaller. I would even say like, let's say actors
1: is probably more than NFL. But like if we think of like. Brad Pitt, Tom Tanks, oh, well, like status, Yeah, it's very It's going to be the same, right? Yeah. Less than a percent. And the reason I'm saying all this is to say that these are all people we constantly seek motivation from. Right. And lessons from. And there's nothing wrong with that. I listened to the podcast. I hired Garrett. Like I yeah. I do, too. I also love clips of people like. Tom Hardy or Tom Hanks or Shia LaBeouf just saying random stuff, but it's quick. Denzel does it all the time, too.
0: Oh, Denzel's great. He's great.
1: I love those quotes. I love the motivation. I love Eric Thomas and the NFL players and all these people that are are inspirational. But they are so unrelatable to me. Right. I'm not an A.S.L. I'm not going to be an actor. I'm not special. I'm not unique in any way. Besides, I work really hard and I believe there's more to life than just going through the motions. Right. And so this is exactly why. And I'm going to hype you up a little bit. This is why. I wanted Nick on the podcast because it opens the lens for people mm-hmm. listening of like, oh, okay, here's somebody who's talking like those guys. He understands yeah. the same things as those guys. He's applying the same stuff yep. as those guys. But I don't see his face blasted on books like David Goggins because right. he's crushing it in all these areas that mm-hmm. don't need to be glorified on the right. cover of a magazine yeah. or the cover of a book or with a million followers on social media. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. these are the people that we need to be surrounding ourselves with because we can learn and apply and actually have access. To. Yeah.
0: Well, let, and it's, so you, you said something in there and you you touched on the reason why. Cause, so let me just say what my dream was. I just want to make 150 grand, man. I was like, if I could make that number and and this will reveal a lot of why people don't get past their dreams or they get to, you know, I think Zig Ziglar said that most people climb the ladder of success only to find that it was leaning against the wrong building. Mm, right. That's so good. And there's so many people that are, they they think when they get something it's this if then thought process man if things were different then I would feel this way and I lived my life on that hamster wheel and here's what I'm going to tell you the this is honestly this is exactly what you're asking so I thought if I made a, could get to one hundred fifty thousand dollars things would be like at that point okay we're comfortable we can have a nice house we can have you know a couple cars. Go on vacation, like that's all I wanted. I didn't. I wasn't asking for the world, and I thought, like, you know, that that's not asking a lot. I should be able to do that. And if I can get to that, I'm gonna be happy, right? That was my thought process. Well, here's the thing: you talked about motivation. You mentioned the word once, and we look for these people for motivation, right? And that's what we get. Well, here's the thing: what you're motivated by will make all the difference. Most people, this is like ninety-nine point—I don't even know what percent—but it's a high percent. The vast majority of people are only motivated by pain. Right. And so they are only going to move when the pain of what they're doing is worse than the pain of what they're perceiving. And so a lot of people live their lives like this. I imagine you work with a lot of these people, Cody. Yeah. You'll get people that come to you and say, man, I'm about to you know, I went to my doctor. He said I'm going to get type two diabetes the way I'm going. I'm just I'm just making this up. You, right, he's right. not said this. So if this is you, don't feel bad. Like I was a fat kid and I see it made fun of. Him. And you know what? What I did with that was I used that as motivation to make sure that that would never happen again. Guess what? I'm healthier because of it. So like what you do with the pain is completely up to you, right? It's like, don't put it on other people like they were mean to me. Well, what are you going to do about it? Right? There was something that Tony Robbins came out with a book and a
1: series. I mean, I think he still does it, but it's revamped because it was years ago when I first started Mastering Influence. Yeah. It talks about the pain
0: and pleasure. Yeah. And it's this exact thing. That's, that's what, well, that's what he said. People only do things for two reasons, either pain to, to avoid pain or gain pleasure. And I mm-hmm. think that's genius. And I do, I do think that's true, but I'm going to share something a little bit different about how you go way beyond that. So most people are just dictated to by pain. And, and the thing that we have in America is this great comfort crisis. It's so easy to be comfortable here. And then most people, if you talk to them, what they really want, man, if I could retire at 45, just play golf, that'd be great. That's what you really that your whole life would lead up to the point where you just don't have to do stuff anymore and you yeah. could just think about yourself. That is a very empty and meaningless life, truthfully. And that's how that's how a lot of us are raised. We have a retirement mentality in America. So what that means is like, I'll put up with the pain as long as I have to. And when it goes away, won't that be great? Well, so we live our lives like this. So, Cody, I need to lose enough weight so I don't get type 2 diabetes. Okay, great. So I I do that. Okay, great. I've lost the weight. Oh, man, now my finances are really bad. So I better go ahead and like really focus there. Okay, good. So I worked a bunch. While I was working a bunch, I neglected my wife and kids. And now I got to go back and fix that because I have bad relationships with them. So all you're doing is you're just moving from pain to pain to pain. And when something hurts bad enough, it gets your focus, right? So that's how, we, that's, that's the default way of living how most people live. When you move beyond that, and this is where I'm at now is when you start to see a vision of what's possible. When you have a vision, the fastest way to get discipline is to have a great vision. Mm. When you have a vision, its I'll quote Proverbs 29, 18 in the Bible. It says, without vision, the people cast off restraint. And that—that that is true. If you have no vision, discipline will go by the wayside at some point because the pain will disappear. Like, hey, I'm really motivated. I want to get rid of type 2 diabetes. Hey, you got rid of it. Great. Oh, cool. Man, I miss Twinkies. Yeah. Right? Like, and and if and people go around this loop and they can't figure out why they kicked they they can't get past that it's because you never got a vision when you have a vision for your life and I'm talking every area of your life and you truly start to dream and see what's possible and and it, your vision's down to you it's down to the way that it's down to your own personal strengths it's down to your experiences your unique skill sets your passions but when you have a vision and I believe this is a God given thing it is seeing something in the world that does not yet exist. And this can be, like I said, in every area. So it can be, for me, I want to have in my marriage, I want to have a marriage that is connected always, that where we have the spark of love and attraction, where we can be a model for other relationships, for other people to see what a great marriage looks like. Starting first, my kids. Yeah, That's my vision. So I, because I have that vision, guess what, man? Guess who I have to be? What do I want? This is what I want. That's my vision. Okay. Why do I want it? Well, I just told you. So now who do I have to be to get that? I'll tell you who I have to be. I have to be a guy who doesn't lose his temper ever. I have to be a guy who has equanimity in my relationship, a guy who goes first. If there's something, if I want my wife to, I don't know, I wish she would make me more meals or whatever. I'm making this up. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to start making her meals, right? If I want my wife to to compliment me more, I'm going to start complimenting her. If I want to have more connection, I'm going to initiate the dates. If it's going to be, it's up to me. When you live like that, that's, that's an ownership thought process right there when you start living like that and you capture vision now it's not about moving be moving to pain because you'll ask this question this is the question that will that will let you know if you're past the point of pain to vision what am i actually capable of mm. cuz most people will say well what would i have to do to get that and cuz they just want to know what's the minimum steps yeah. right this is why we have growth hackers and all these things on the internet like hey 5 steps to get you know, lose a hundred pounds in a month and whatever. I'm making this up. But you know, we have all these quick little things and that's what we want. Just tell me what I do. I'll get it. Okay, cool. Check. And then that's on autopilot. It doesn't get on autopilot guys. Yeah, Like it's, that's just not how life works. We were not made that way. But, but so when you move past the point of what's the minimum I have to do to like, how great could I be? What am I actually capable of? Man, you are hooking something onto the front of your chest that will propel you forward. Never ending. Because you are, you like, we're made by a limitless God. Yeah. So, guess what? You're how great can you be? It's up to you. No one, no, no one can tell you how great you can be. Well, that's what that's what the impossible life's about. Exactly. That's what the
1: whole whole idea of the tailored life was literally because it's about defying what the norm in society is to create the life that you deserve, that God planned for you, that you want to live hundred percent. I'm going to say this real quick, just so I do not forget it, but I want to ask you about pain avoidance Yes, because I think that's a big key yeah, too. And, and how is. you can vision visualize maybe even pain that you haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. Yet. And this is the importance of reading and, and experiencing events like we're at yeah. talking to other people. Yes, If I can hear your pain now, I might be able to feel it in a way that allows me to avoid it in my own life, even if I've never experienced yeah. it. Right. So I do want to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, but I think that talk about that. I know. I promise. Okay. So I, I filmed a video on this. I don't know if you saw this, but I think you'll like this. This was really transformative for me. And I thought about it again. Yeah. I think it was yesterday that Keith said it, but he was talking about, it was yesterday when Pete, like when I'm not around, I, I literally visualized this when he was saying this. Okay. Like I'm traveling here. My wife's at home, hanging out in the cul-de-sac with right. the kids and the other parents and stuff. Is she telling them how great I am? Mm. You know? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm traveling. So the team isn't, isn't like, I always tell them I'm, I'm always available, but they, they yeah. do really good at like giving me respect and time. What are they saying to each other? What are they saying to their clients? Yeah. About me? What are the, our clients when I do these member lives every other week and I'm talking to them about personal development? I'm talking to a bunch of people on zoom call. What do they say to their friends yeah. and family? You know, like, and, and he was talking about yeah. what do you have to do to, to be the greatest? Yep husband, the greatest wife, the greatest friend, the greatest parent, the greatest trainer, the greatest whatever. So people say, I have the greatest blank. Mm-hmm. That really got me thinking. Yeah, And I filmed a video not too long ago about why the love languages are actually hurting you. Mm. Granted, I, I like the love languages. About I do I think yeah. they're great. And uh, they helped me a lot with even my clients, honestly, but they helped me understand my wife more yes. and how to communicate with her. But what I was talking about in the video was that I realized I'm words of affirmation. Okay. So now I'm I'm acting, hoping that you tell me something good. Right. And if I do something and you don't tell me thank you, you don't tell me I'm great, you don't tell me that you appreciated it, now I'm bummed out. Right. Now I'm less likely to do it again. Yeah. But what I had to figure out is the word of affirmation has to come from within me. Right. You know, and and for me, I said, God, but if you don't believe in God, you believe whatever you want. Like, if you're conscious, your own self-conscious is telling you you're doing the right thing, you're acting in greatness, and you're pursuing the right things, making the right actions, treating your wife how you should, leading by example, all these things— That's the only word of affirmation you should be after. Right. Right. And when you do that, you're probably going to get more words of affirmation anyway from everybody else. Yeah. But just your thoughts in general on that. And I think like listening to, because it's tough to be like, there's going to be mornings where you wake up. I kind of
0: want to be great today. Oh yeah. You know, all the
1: time. How do you constantly show up that way. Yeah. Day after day after day.
0: I mean, the the, so I will say that it started as moving away from pain. I don't want people to be like, oh, well, now I'm just going to go get vision. And it's, you know, that's the magic thing that people are constantly looking for that one thing. Yeah. Here's the secret. Uh, There is no one thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you look every, I'm very big on pattern recognition. I think we're surrounded by what I would say are godly principles. And if you look at how things grow, everything grows from repetition, consistency, and time like we see sowing and reaping all the time around us, right? We know, like I, I'm guessing we don't have a lot of farmers that listen to this. I'm not a farmer, but I know if you put a seed in the ground, you water it, you get it light and all the great stuff, photosynthesis, all that stuff takes place. It's going to grow yeah. over time. Yeah. Right. I would not expect to plant a seed on a Monday and reap something on a Friday, mm. but people live their lives like this all the time. So there's a time frame orientation one of my big unlocks from hanging around with Garrett and from learning more about the Navy SEALs was he, they have this thing in the SEAL ethos that's called the hundred percent mission success guarantee. Explain unlock. I hear you say that all the time. Yeah. So unlock for me is like where I figured it out. Like I talked about cognitive behavioral. Open the door. yeah, it, it. it, it it makes, it helps me to make sense of it because, so what you're saying, you're talking about that term. I just yeah. want people to like, I heard you say it a couple times on your podcast and I was yeah. like, what
1: is he saying? And then I thought about it. And I was like, Oh, I love that. Yeah.
0: It's picking a lot. Cause I mean, here's the, it's perspective. There's so much when you, you can have these aha moments. I used to, I used to coach a lot, right? Like I used to coach soccer and what I used, what I realized for, especially with like, I was coaching teenagers when you're a teenager, what's everybody doing? They're telling you what to do. Mm. Very rarely are they explaining to you why. And so I used to, I heard this quote once that says, the player that understands why can be, will always be the player that knows how. And I was like, okay. So I, I found that when you start to understand why things are, even if you don't like the why, you can buy in a lot more. So yeah. for me, the unlock is just sort of whenever you can kind of piece it together, because it gives you, it's like, it's like you see the path illuminated before you. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I we say d- that to clients all the time, by the way, we're big on education, even for
1: people who are like, well, I'm not going to be a coach. I don't need to know about my macros and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but if you understand it, you're going to adhere better. It's going to make sense. And then when you're not coaching with us, cause you're not going to hire a nutrition coach for the next 10 years, right.
0: you're going to know what to do. Well, yeah, you know? because what you don't want to be is you don't want to be the person that's just constantly looking for someone to tell them what to do. You know, who does that kids yep. when you can actually understand and, and understand the forces, what I would call the principles, the repeatable observable patterns that govern outcomes. When you can start to see those in the world, that's what I call wisdom. And when you can live with wisdom, you can live very skillfully because when other people are bumping up against these principles and struggling to navigate them, you can see what's happening and you know how to navigate it to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. And these other people are bumping into things and just, oh, it just doesn't work for me. No, no. There's some things that you're unaware of. Like if I planted – if I got water, fertilizer, seed and everything, and everything it needed and I planted it in November – could I be upset? And I worked really hard, man. I tilled the ground. I did everything. Could I be upset that it didn't, you know, that I didn't get a harvest? No, we know that. That's really obvious to us now because we all know about spring, summer, mm-hmm. fall, winter. We know all about that. Well, if we didn't know about that, we would be constantly going, why isn't this working for me? And people do this all the time in their lives. So that, that's just a side note. But you asked oh, yeah. me about when you wake up and you're not feeling it. So here's the thing. I started off as a person who was very much just like my pain, I just wanted to get away from depression. Man, I I I I mentioned it earlier. I was an if then person, and I always thought if I could get this amount of money, then I would stop being so anxious and worried about money because I I grew up in scarcity, so I was not that was my biggest pain point was was finance, and so I was like, man, if I could get you know if I could just get this much, then I'd be fine. So you know what, Cody, I worked really really hard. I eventually got that amount of money in my bank account, and I was like, oh, thank God! It was ten thousand dollars. That was my number. I was like, when I have that in the bank and I'm working and I'm paying my bills, I will feel so secure because that means. Here's how a, a fixed mindset works. If the worst was to happen and I lost everything tomorrow, I'd be good for this set amount of time, to, so I could figure it out again. Yeah, that's what. That's how I was always thinking. What would happen if I got pushed back to zero? Guess what? Where focus goes, energy flows. If you're always focused on what's going to happen if the worst thing's going to happen, there's this amazing thing in psychology where it's called generalization distortion and deletion. And what this is is this is this is how your brain works. We can't take in all the information that's coming into us all the time. Right, so what you tell your brain is important. It's uh, uh, known as the reticular activation system. People see this all the time. I just bought a black truck, uh, and it's a you know whatever. I don't know. I, I bought a Ram. Everywhere. Yeah, now nah, you see them everywhere. Yeah. So we all know that story. So your brain works like this. So what will happen is you're telling your brain that's important, and this is your survival way. So generalization, distortion, deletion. What happens is is we see deletion all the time. Like let's say you lost your kid or you're going to the pantry and you're looking for the peanut butter jar and you know it has a red it has a red top. You're searching through the pantry. Well, let me Hey, what what color was the jar that was on the third shelf? I don't know. All I'm looking for is the red one, right? Yeah. Okay, so you've missed all the details. So if you're a person that's constantly worried about threats and you're always thinking about going back to zero, how many opportunities walked right across your face while you were too busy searching for threats? I'm going to tell you that a lot did and you missed out on a lot of your life. Okay, so this is where I was at. I was constantly in that that mode. So who knows what opportunities I passed up on in that time? Yeah. I can't even say. But I started off with that pain, and I just wanted to get away. So what I found is I got that ten thousand mark. Guess what? I felt just as anxious as when I moved out with no job from from the UK to America. Ah, so what did I do? I upped the target. Okay, so the next target. Guess what? I hit that too. Mm-hmm. I felt just as bad, and I kept raising the target, and so. Oh, this is too familiar. It's too well. This yeah. is everybody because what you do is it's like you have your hand. I, I, if you're not watching the video, then I have my hand out in arm's length, okay? And so it's about I don't know what do you think, Cody? A foot and a half, two and two feet in front of me, yeah. right? So I'm gonna take a step towards that. Oh, but as I do, my hand moves as well, and yeah. so you're constantly chasing something that you never catch up to. You feel like you're behind, and you end up being this anxious, stressed out, worry head. Because you just can never get to your goals. You're setting yourself up for failure because you're being dictated to by something from your past and you're completely unaware of it. And And that's how a lot of us live our lives. So I started off with that pain. And the reason I talked about being so big on cognitive behavioral psychology is I went and saw – I eventually went to a cognitive behavioral therapist. And for the first time, someone gave me a framework that made sense of all these things. And I don't want to – I don't know if you necessarily want to go too deep down that that road. But that's what really helped me start to understand where these thoughts were coming from, you know, how all, you know, how core beliefs work and how they generate your thoughts and then your thoughts generate your emotions, your emotions, generate your actions, your actions, change the circumstances. And then that set of circumstances starts the wheel all over again. I would actually love for you to go into it because I think that, you know, the, the
1: car analogy is a really easy one. You get a black car, you see them everywhere. If you told anybody that you're like, Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but, and I love where your focus go or Where focus goes, energy flows. That's a Tony Robbins quote. So I I got to give him credit, but it's so true. And a little side note for everybody listening to like if you're talking to somebody and they keep pulling out random quotes, it's because they're well versed and studied. So if you can't bust out a ton of quotes by successful people. It's cause you're not learning from yeah. su- successful people. You yeah. know what I mean? So no, you're like, right. You really should be doing, I always notice that when like uh, I'm talking to somebody and they keep name dropping and doing quotes, Yeah. like, Oh, okay. They're well, well studied. Cause
0: like, so I talked, I talked about this and I don't want, I don't want people to miss this. I'm happy to go into the cognitive behavioral framework to help people understand this if you want. But like, before we do that, you asked me about how you wake up and you get to the point, like if you're not feeling it, how yeah. you get there. And so I will tell you, I, when I was in that state where all I wanted to do was get away from pain, I started just figuring out what got the pain to go away. Right. And so I started developing morning routines because I realized I couldn't just wake up and see how it went. I mean, you've played sports. You're obviously into fitness. I played sports my whole life. No one shows up to game day and just kind of goes like, oh, we'll see what happened. They spent the whole week practicing. they got their uniform laid out. They've got like plays depending on what sport you have a strategy for the game. Right. But we show up to life every day just wait and see what happens so true so guess what happens when you get punched in the face and you're not prepared it sucks if you get punched in the face and you're prepared you counter punch and you go on the attack well and you know what like i've had people ask me about
1: this with when i go speak at seminars and i'll send my slides the day before and they're just a bunch of slides with big words on it Like, like i mean like literally just one big word on a slide yeah that's it and they've asked me why and i'm like well i've Recorded hundreds of podcasts. I've had mm-hmm. thousands of hours of sales calls, client calls, coaching calls. I've done so many videos. I know one thing really, really well. And I talk about that thing constantly. And I would say maybe a second thing would be personal development yeah. now, but fitness and nutrition is what I do. So you're excellent at it. I don't need like, I don't need as much of the planning. Cause going back to what you said earlier, it's, it's the consistency and the yeah. repetition over years and years and years. Yeah. Once upon a time, I was stressed structuring presentations for weeks in advance you know what i mean because i needed to figure out how to speak in front of people and then once yeah. i did enough even today it's like do you have a outline now we're going to get into it yeah because i know in my head what i want to yeah. get out of you and i know i'm just going to yeah unravel. i mean it's, you've done almost a thousand episodes you exactly. got a lot of reps <laughs> yeah. so
0: yeah you get good at it right yeah exactly.
1: but no and, and again like i think that people will understand the whole auto you know black card. and then i yeah. see them everywhere but they won't understand that they do that like if you say that and you you point out how often they do that everywhere else in their life. I don't think they really understand how often they do that in their life. You know what I mean? Like, and and I've done it in so many different ways, but it's such a good analogy because I think it'll really click with people who are
0: probably doing it constantly and not realizing they're doing it constantly. Yeah. And so, so just, I want to finish up that thing and you just sparked like 10 more things in my head, but just to, just to finish it up. So one of my big unlocks I talked about with Garrett and the Navy SEALs is, is, their ethos is They they have this 100% mission success guarantee. And what Navy SEALs say is they say, we guarantee mission success 100%. Who can say that? Because in our heads, we go, well, just send them wherever because they're always going to win. And we know that they don't win. We've got you know very popular movies, Lone Survivor and all that sort of stuff out there that proves that they don't always win. So what does that mean? What it means is their timeframe orientation is so long that they're just like, hey, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be here tomorrow and I'm going to do the right things. Right, will you? Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. Okay. I'll be there the next day and the next day. And then ne- like Babe Ruth has a great quote that he says, it's hard to beat the person who just won't quit. Uh-huh. And like, so if you change your time frame orientation, if you're out there listening and you hate where you're at, if I told you, you got to make a million dollars in a month, a lot of people wouldn't even start. But if I said, Hey, I'm going to give you 15 years to make a million dollars. I think most people would be like, well, 15 years, I could do that. Right. Because you've now changed your time frame. So what if you just said, okay, so if you can see 15 years ahead, what if you could just say, you know what? I am going to go in this direction. You talked about wanting to be great and wanting to hear what people said about you. If you could get a vision for yourself and you said, I don't know all that I'm capable of, but I know I can do more than what I'm doing now and I'm going to be excellent. I'm going to be all in and I'm never going to stop. I'm just going to keep being great and and being my best every single day till the day I die. Well, now you've changed. It's like I'm getting ready to run an ultra marathon. I can run a you know sub seven minute mile or whatever if I need to. But if you said to do that for 100 miles, like I couldn't. So what happens? On 100 mile? I slow down, way down. And that's how I can go 100 miles, right? And so this is an analogy for life. You don't have to wake up and be like mama mentality. I'm going to grind for 21 hours a day because guess what? Your body will catch up. You're going to burn out. But what you can do is say, hey, guess what? I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be all in. Okay. What about the next day? Yep. just I'm just going to keep doing that. And so the, the thing that you said, what about when you wake up and you don't feel it? Have a morning routine. Find out what gets you good. I know and I did this in Boston. I was super tired. I slept terribly on this business trip I had recently. I had to be on. I woke up at like four something, which was not the plan. I, I was hoping to sleep a little bit longer. My body just woke up, and I was like, I feel awful. I checked my whoop, and it confirmed that I was in an awful way. I know because I've tested that if I run two miles at any pace, at any pace that feels comfortable to me, like my endorphins kick in, and I'm way better. So, what do you think I did? went out, went on a two mile run. There's certain things I do every morning. I read my Bible. I pray. I have a gratitude exercise that I do every morning. I'm also big on ice baths. These are all things I've developed, but, but, and you may be going, oh, okay, whatever. That's great. But you got to, you just got to start yeah. like disciplines, like a muscle. I will tell you that I'm a very disciplined person. Now, obviously Garrett's a Navy SEAL. He's, he's, you know, they're known for discipline. And we talk about this all the time. It's always going to be a choice. If you ever think it's like retirement mentality, like, oh, I'll get enough money in the bank that one day I just won't have to think about stuff. If you think that way about discipline, you're wrong. Like you will always have to choose. But here's the great thing. It's like a muscle. It gets stronger. You develop it and you grow it and it becomes more natural to choose. So what happens when I wake up and I feel, you know, I'm feeling like a one and I, I don't want to be a one. I have a, I have set things in my life that I can do to get myself to a three. I'm going to pray. Some days, you know, you wake up and I'm like, dude, I can't take on any knowledge because my brain is so fried okay I'm gonna go run two miles then I'm gonna come back and read my Bible yeah. then I'm gonna do my gratitude exercise which is an NLP exercise that like changes my state instantly then I'm gonna go hit the ice bath guess what each one of those things kicks me up a little notch 45 minutes to an hour later I can be at a six or a seven and some of my best days have come when I've woke up feeling like woke up feeling like a one but that's not something that you get instantly you test I mean I've done rebounders I've done all sorts of stuff you test and learn but the the key to it all is is you first, you've just got to set yourself a long timeline, right? Because this is not a perfect thing. There was days whenever I fell short, lots of days. But if you just, it's, it's. At what point do you say I'm done? Because yeah. once you quit, it's over, it's over. But if you can be like, hey, I failed, I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm gonna turn up tomorrow and I'm gonna keep going. Man, I'll tell you what, eventually you, that will start kicking in, and you will start to get better and better, and your discipline muscle grows. And I cannot tell you, discipline and confidence go hand in hand. Yeah. When you when you can do what you say you're gonna do. Your confidence grows.
1: I say it all the time. It's like
0: uh, developing self-belief is literally just a matter of doing what you said you would do. That's, that is 100% it, man. Self-belief is built on reference experiences. And that means that you have to go out and create those for yourself. And like you said, the more you show up and do what you said you do, the more that you get confident that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And it snowballs. There's uh, you know, there's an old Chinese proverb that says everything is
1: hard before it becomes easy. And it's Mm -hmm. just to say like, Just like nothing becomes successful unless there's failure on the way. Like you got to fail, right? But everything, like if we even boil down the whole confidence discipline and all that, like confidence comes from – Proof, right? right? Proof would be coming from results. Results yes. only come from consistency. Exactly. Consistency only comes from taking action. Action only comes from getting uncomfortable. Yep. Uh, discomfort only happens if you have some discipline. Yeah. Right? So like, there's always like a line and then you get to the top and then the goal grows and it goes back through. Ex- or, eh. or the success loop is another great one. People always wait for motivation before they right. take action and then get results. But realistically, you need to take action to get results and those results motivate you to take action again. Yeah. So there's no way around Discomfort, and even if we think of because there's a lot of successful people who don't necessarily follow like structured morning routines. And I will even say for myself, I don't have a structured of a morning routine as I did. And I do believe if you're in a place where you're stuck, you need to do it early. Oh, you need to get it done first in the morning. I don't care if you lose sleep like you got to do it because there is something that it it's a pattern interrupt at the beginning of your day that sets the tone. But no matter what, there's not a single successful person who in not even just financially, but just successful in life. Who doesn't have a daily routine. Oh, yeah. You know, full of habits. So for me, I I woke up at 3.30 in the morning because my flight left at 6. I mean, I boarded at 5.20, which I'm the last one on the plane always because I don't like to sit there and let people pass me. Right. But I still – did as much of it as i could yeah right like i woke up i slammed my greens drink i got in the truck i listened to an audiobook instead of reading when yeah. i got to the airport i did my gratitude journal when i yeah. got on the plane i finished the rest of it the only thing i couldn't do was something physical right, right. this morning i woke up again at three technically because i'm in a time yeah, change yeah. but i woke up at five because i knew i had to be there at seven so i'm like i need to wake up two hours early because i got to do these things before i go yeah because i don't know my schedule so yeah. when i'm home Some of my routine is in the middle of the day and some of it's at night when my daughter goes to bed because then I can kind of just like – because I know when my daughter goes to bed, there's a couple things I need to do to put myself in a good state because now I get time with my wife. Yeah. I need to put myself in a good state for that. I do something before I get home because I got to put myself in a good state because when I get home, she's waiting. She's like, dad's home. Yeah. It's time to play no matter how tired I am. Yeah. And then I have to do something in the morning that is going to set me up for work. Now, these aren't like hour long – No. Routines throughout the day, but if I can give myself, there's times where I'll even pull over and meditate and calm down, you know, yeah. Because if I, I got to do that before I walk in to be the greatest yeah. dad I can be, then I got to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. You, there's, I, I feel like I'm quoting Garrett a lot and he's probably going to listen to this and I don't like quoting him that much because I don't want to uh, give him too much credit. Say it's Tony Robbins or something. Whatever. Yeah, I'll make it up. It's, <laughs> it's Boney Taubins from the UK. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, he, he talks about the difference between pros and amateurs is how quickly they recover from malfunction. Mm. And that, that's really it. Like yeah. if you want to really be pro at life and Steve Weatherford talks about that as well, good, another friend of mutual friend of ours. But like if you want to be pro at life, Leaders anticipate, right? And losers react. And you will be a loser if you wait until something happens. And then you're like, oh, I can't believe that happened. That's so unfair. Like, And what I say to people all the time, and this is a real ownership thought process, I would say the vast majority of what happens in your life, if you're really paying attention, you can see it coming. Truthfully, you can see. I mean, there's some things. I've had a house flood. I'm not saying that about everything, so don't beat yourself. There's things that are way out of your control. Lots of things, and and actually, but I'm saying even the things out of your control. I think if you, the more you start to see the patterns in your life, the more you can anticipate. I'll put it like this: if you know you're going to be traveling, right, and you've got or you've got really busy days, if you're looking ahead in your calendar and you're looking ahead at your life, you should start to be able to see like areas of heavy pressure or heavy workload where you're going to have a lot of strain on you. So what that what's that going to mean? Maybe you're more irritable. Maybe you're going to have less time for something else like physical exercise or the loved ones in your life for that period. So you need to schedule time and go, okay, I'm going to have to be overly indexed here towards work. So when I'm done, when that period ends, okay, and it's going to be this date, I'm going to be planning date nights with my wife. I'm going to be planning family time. I'm going to, and so, and I'll also, if something happens and blows up, I know I'm going to be really tired. So I need to be aware of that. When you can start to look ahead and, and plan for those things, it's amazing what can happen whenever something happens and you're like, Hey, I thought about this and I already decided how I was going to react beforehand. Once again, you have to be disciplined to do this. You yeah. can't just decide to do this and it, it works. You have to build up the discipline. So this has been years for me of getting to this point. But now when something blows up, man, I've already decided how I'm going to be because I know, I know who I want to be. Yeah. And that's, that's a powerful way to live. I do a vision alignment session. Sorry, I'll finish up. I do a vision alignment session once a, once a month where I ask myself eight questions that I've developed for myself and three of the first three look back at the last thirty days. The second two have to do with a, one of my core values, which is dream. And I really and it's like a vision setting thing. One of the questions is, what would this next month look like if everything was perfect? And the second question mm-hmm. is, what what idea sounds too good to be true in any area of your life? And the reason I ask myself those is because your brain, your subconscious, is great at answering prompts. So if you get, it's like yeah. Chat GPT in real life. You give yourself some prompts. Your brain will come up with something. Oh yeah. And then I have three questions that look ahead. And it, and I ask myself those questions, you know, where, like what's coming down the line that's going to be a challenge? What do I want to make happen? And I can tell you that this is, I just started doing that this year. It's the most productive year of my life in across the board. I'm talking about if you want to look at finance and numerics, if you want to look at the relationships and the quality of the relationships I have, literally every area of my life. And so it's really powerful that when you can look back, look ahead and take stock. I want to. I want you to go through those questions, if you will, yeah, as I'm well from. as the gratitude,
1: if you can, the gratitude questions yeah. only because, you know, I've been doing this a, a long enough to know that people love listening and hearing some things that they can immediately write down, yeah. implement and do, you know, and it got me thinking uh, about this too, because, you know, talking about this, this is something that changed my life dramatically is when I learned how to become more responsive instead of reactive, that's, and that's to an extent, that's what you know, having yeah. true equanimity is, that right? is, it. Yeah. Like being able to stay calm and make the right decisions, especially if we consider like, you know, we've had some different situations when with my family and when you have a kid and you have a wife and you're, you're playing a leadership role. And my wife plays that role extremely heavily for my daughter because she stays at home with her, but there's certain times where there's decisions and I know I need to be calm and make the yeah. right decision. Right. And there's been multiple times where I've been able to do that. And it has meant so much to her because yes. I can fill that role. And realistically, that's what I want anyway. Yeah. Even if inside I'm, I'm nervous, I can be calm and play that role because that's what I desire. I desire to be the greatest dad and husband, right? Yeah. And so something that I use that actually helped was called positive focus. And it's a journal exercise. Okay. And you'll love this. And it's it's basically, you, you have to reflect on past situations that you've been reactive to. Right. And you teach yourself how to be more responsive in those yes. situations till you get to a point where being responsive is your norm, right? right. And so you ask, what was the situation? Then it's why was it positive, which is the most difficult thing to answer if it's a negative mm-hmm. situation. Yep. But like you said, if you prompt your brain, you'll find something. That's exactly So it. find it. Yeah. And then it's what is the lesson that you're taking away from it? Yeah. And then it's how do you apply it to this is from uh, something called core four. So how do you apply it to your core four body being balanced business, which would mm-hmm. be basically your body, health, physical, whatever, being uh, God, spirituality, mindset, mm-hmm. personal development, balances your relationships spouse kids whatever and then businesses your finances yeah so now i'm taking this situation i'm finding something positive about it learning a lesson from it and applying it into these different areas from a standpoint of okay if i get hit by like I get rear ended the rear-ended situation isn't what's going to apply right. in my spiritual life but what was the lesson i learned in yeah. that i can apply that yeah you know and when you do this you learn how to be more resp- responsive instead of reactive so yeah. in the moment your brain immediately goes to that equanimity state good. and you can
0: handle a situation yeah. 10 times better. Yeah, You you're, will make leaps and bounds going forward. You're learning your life lessons. That's that's a reframe. And that's, that's such a powerful thing to do if you can shift your perspective on things. Two questions I ask, and especially around painful things, you ask a very similar question. I say, what good came from it? Mm-hmm. And this is something that requires you to be looking back in time. And the second one is, what can I be grateful for in that situation? Because Here's the truth. It could always be worse, yeah. Right, and it, and when you start to cling on to that little bit of gratitude, it's amazing how much more you see. And I've been able to piece together, you know, my life and see yeah. some of the most difficult times are oftentimes what what brings about the greatest growth. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's consistent,
1: unless you ignore it. Well, right? that's it. And, and
0: that's the thing. So, so
1: there's, I find that there's a lot of small situations where people. This is where they lose the ball on, right? Yep. They don't think about even when we talk about the whole self belief thing. You didn't do what you said you would. Well, like. Maybe I said that something I've said recently is I'm going to pick anytime I see trash, I'm going to pick it up. Good. Right. I love that. It's if it's to something excellence. like a little tiny thing and I'm like, oh, it's small, that is literally depositing in my mm-hmm. self-doubt bank. You're exactly right. So I don't care how small it is, you know, like w- this is maybe, what is it? TMI, too much information, yeah. but we, we took a piss before we came yeah. in here and there was already pee on the toilet seat. That's not my pee.
0: Right. I still wipe it. I don't up. know if you heard me like no, I didn't. grabbing yeah. the
1: toilet paper, but. I told myself I will never leave a toilet seat if there's pee on it. Like, I'm going to wipe it up no matter whose it is. You set
0: a standard for yourself. I set a standard for myself. love that.
1: And that creates a a level of self-belief that applies in other areas of my life. But I think it's so important to think about all these because even, you know, this morning, I don't know if I mentioned to you. I thought, well, the lady on the phone told me that it was a fridge in my hotel. Yeah, It's not. It's a wine chiller, which doesn't keep dairy in prepped meat because I'm conscious. I'm in constant prep. doesn't keep that stuff cold enough. So this morning when I realized that everything was warm, I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't eat this. Now I could have freaked out and been pissed and been like, now my diet's ruined. And that's just going to set my whole day for negative. I literally was just like, oh, let's throw this away.
0: Yeah. Figure it out.
1: Google where Kroger is and we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Like you just move on.
0: Now, the first time that that happened, that was probably very, that would have been a lot difficult for you to to do. But you've developed that over time. And that's right. That's what I mean. Like I I say to people, I'm like, if I told you that you could work for three years really, really hard, and at the end of that three years, you'd get $20 million. I'm guessing the people that listen to your podcast are like, sign me let's up. Let's go, yeah. yeah. Let's go. That sounds – I'll do that, man, whatever it takes. Well, here's the thing. That's never going to happen, mm-hmm. right? It's just it – that is not how life works. But the point is is that you're, you are willing to pay a price, right? So you, you've established that you're willing to pay the price. Where people lose it is they, because they don't know how long they have to do it for. And that's mm-hmm. why I said when you can set your time frame that you're like, I'm willing to just do this forever – you man, you become unstoppable, yeah and and it that it's a small, subtle change, but like it is such a powerful shift in your perspective Now, you touched on something else about like most people you said that I said most things that are painful cause great growth, you said unless you ignore it. We talked about pain avoidance, by the way, I have my questions, so i 'll go through those yeah, yeah. in a minute, but that is that was a huge unlock for me as well was being able to sit with pain, so i 'll rewind to when I was you know like an up and outer, I was successful, I had started my marketing practice. I was doing well. We were in San Diego, but I was so stressed, so stressed. Not great for my wife. Just, you know, I, I don't want to go too much into that detail because that's not the point. So what did I do to deal with my stress, Cody? Well, I got myself a THC vape pen and I started smoking weed because that, that helped me feel better. And it was great. You know, I went from being stressed to like everything's perfect. I put on my Apple high times podcast playlist and just chilled, man. And this is our society. Hey, man, it's great, right? You got something wrong with you? Here's, here's some pain. Here's some pain medication. So our response to pain is just to make it go away. And the same way that you talked about, like you can't skip a little piece of trash because you said that you were making a deposit. I would call that sowing a seed. And guess what? Seeds grow, right? And we're constantly sowing seeds in our thoughts and our actions and our attitudes. So if you can now get to the place, if you can be a person that doesn't sit with pain or that, that can sit with pain, I'm sorry, that doesn't try to numb it, what you can learn from your pain will propel you to be the greatest person that you can possibly be. What, what caused this for me, what, where this really kind of came to reality for me, I talked about, I do an ice bath. I do it at 40 degrees. It it sucks every time. I say there's only two (laughs) things. Sometimes the ice bath hurts really bad and other times it hurts worse. That's, that's literally, that's the only two modes for ice bath. It's never pleasant. It's never fun, but you know what you have to do? I, I, you can listen to me on, on episode four of our podcast, the impossible life. Garrett took me in the live on air. You know what I did? I responded exactly how I always do. And this is something that I'd practiced thousands of times, like what you talked about with not picking up the trash. When you see a big explosion, like, let's, let's say you lose your temper with your, your wife or whoever, you've practiced that in your head thousands of times in other places beforehand. Yeah. Somebody does something and you're like just cussing them out in your head, but you kept it together. Hey, good job, bro. No, you didn't. You, you, you did everything but the action. So when the action eventually spills over, it's like a boiling pot. It's been simmering for a while. So this is exactly what happened to me in the the ice bath. I responded to pain the way I've responded to it a thousand times, which was to try and make it go away as fast as possible. So Garrett had me doing this countdown. We were saying 30, you know, I was counting down 30. This is the day the Lord has made 29. And that's what I was saying over and over again. I got to 10 and my body was just on fire. I had only been in there for like maybe a minute, not even a minute at this point. And I was like, everything in me was going, what is going on? Like, get out. So I just started going 9, And I started skipping that and I count down as fast as I could I ended up spending a minute and 18 seconds, did not cover myself in glory, got out of the ice bath. It was not the performance I wanted. And it, what it did was it highlighted my relationship with pain. So I had anytime something was really, really hard, I just wanted the pain to go away. And so whatever it took to get that pain to go away was the solution. Well, here's the thing i never actually fixed the problem and in the case of smoking weed i actually was giving myself more problems because now i've gone from hey i'm an anxious stress head to now i'm an anxious stress head who smokes weed at nights is no good for his wife and i'm starting to develop an addiction to that as well well isn't that great right i I never dealt with the problem so if that's you i'm not beating up on you look i've used weed i've used alcohol to numb pain what i'm telling you is that when you can sit with pain and you can look at it and you can ask this question. Why am I feeling the way that I am? Like if your body's in pain, you know something's wrong, right? And you you got to look at it. Like if your if your shoulders like busted up on you, you're not gonna go hit heavy bench press, right? You're gonna you're gonna go try and get a rehab and get it fixed so that you can go back and perform at your optimal place. But we don't do this in life. We just like, hey, just make the pain go away, ignore it. You know, get distracted with something, take some sort of ingest something, and we're looking for something outside. When you can get to the place that you can actually generate, and this is what I talk about with my, my gratitude practice and my morning routine. When you can generate inside out, man, you're, you're a different person. Yeah. You're, you're not an if then person. You're no longer waiting for something outside to change how you feel inside because you can self generate, but you have to be able to sit with pain. Yeah. It's an absolute must. I, I- Two things. One, you guys are savages. We'll Which get you is, in the ice, uh, map, <laughs> dude. uh
1: I did my, I just avoided, I've done like a semi cold plunge in like a Vanya, like a Russian bathhouse, right. you know? Yeah. It's not the same. I, mean, I did one in Steve's backyard and that was okay. the first one. And so like, and this is the power of just like your thought before getting into it. I was like, I was angry. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like I just don't, I'm not about it. And then I looked around, saw all these guys. And I literally, the thing that helped me so much. And I sat in there for two and a half minutes Good. Right? So was, yeah. after 10 seconds of debriefing, I was fine. Yeah, It was like nothing. And it was because I thought about what would I do if my daughter was watching me? Exactly. She sees all these burly dudes jumping Mm -hmm. in and then I'm cowarding about some cold water. And it like really stuck with me. I was like, who do I want to be in front of her? Right. So like thinking about that stuff helps a lot. But the reason I said you guys are savages too is because Luke, we're good friends. He, he was texting us about real estate stuff and he, he made a typo and then he was, like five minutes later corrected it. And it was like, my bad. I was in the ice bath when I was texting you. Yeah. I was like, hold up. Like him and my wife are having a conversation. She just ignored it. Yeah. And I go, hold on, dude. I just scrolled up. Did you say you were texting us while in the cold plunge, the ice bath? You're a beast. Yeah. I'm not texting anybody if I'm in that. Yeah, that's like, not recommended. That's <laughs> crazy. You guys are on another level with it. But the, the thing that like, it's kind of popping up in my head that I think is really powerful from a lot of this too is, or at least is a, it's a good, for people listening, like a red flag that you yeah. can look for if maybe you don't know what your your sedation tool is or yeah. the thing that you're going to to help with the pain and you don't realize some of these things, look for anything you're relying on. And maybe even if you don't realize you're relying on it. So like, for example, I've never been alcohol dependent. right? You know, love my dad to death, but at a certain point he definitely was. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that and I was definitely like, I know for me, I can't have a drink. Yeah. I have to have a lot. Yeah. And so I, I avoid it. But every week I, I have drinks in my life, you mm-hmm. know? And I've, I joke about it on the podcast because I'm not an alcoholic. I do it once a week and it's like, she'll have a glass or two. I can drink the whole bottle, a whole bottle of wine by myself. And I'm not belligerent. I remember the whole night, like I'm a heavyweight, like I can drink. Right. But I told my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to like not drink for a couple months. She's like, why? And I was like, well, I thought about two things. One, I have a insecurity in my head that me providing a great date night for you means I have to drink. Right. And that's not okay. And secondly, I haven't gone a week without alcohol Outside of maybe two weeks before my last contest in 2014, and I'm ashamed to admit this, but since seventh grade, yeah, I started partying in seventh grade. I literally haven't not gone to a party, and then once I stopped partying, I was just drinking yeah. at home once a week. It was, and I was like, I'm, I don't have a problem because I don't do stupid things. And right. nowadays, like a a drunk night for me is watching a movie with my wife right. and couch, like something crazy. But I don't like that I haven't. Yeah. Proven to myself that I don't need it, right? And so I've proven to myself now, and now I feel really good. And I re- also realized how much clarity comes about when you actually cut it out completely for a while. It's amazing. And I'm not gonna, you know, I, I really enjoy like nice wines. Like, yeah, we've become. Yeah, yeah. I used to say winos, but I realized a wino is actually somebody yeah, who that's a cheap drunk. wine. Yeah, you're
0: a small year, that's yeah, That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, wine connoisseur would. There you be go. Better that's term, a, that's a classic
0: way of saying you drink too much wine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so and we enjoy doing that stuff, like go wine tasting, right? Buy some nice bottles and do tastings yeah. of our own. But I was like, I need to prove myself that I don't need it. You know. Yeah. So so if you have anything in your life that you haven't gone without, it's the whole point of like fasting, yeah. right? Like not fasting of like intermittent fasting, but yeah. I'm talking about like, you know, you cut something out for a month. It's very popular in like the yeah. Catholic religion, obviously. Oh yeah. Like, remove this for a month, remove this for a certain period of time just to prove to yourself that you can actually do this. Well, and
0: know? here's the question you have to ask yourself, whatever has control of you, you're a slave to. Yes. So do you want to allow something to have control over you. And and you talked about if you want, you know, you may not be able to identify what you're dependent on. You can be dependent on social media. Yeah. You can be on, it can be even working out. It can be sex. It can be, you know, all sorts of things that, that are in there. So here's how you identify those things that if you want to know, these things all come in the form of cravings. Mm. And if you, so you, the first thing you got to do is start getting your antennas up for cravings. Cause when you crave something, Chances are that that's something that is being used to give you a state change. It's to, to change the way you feel. And if you really want to start to unlock yourself, ask yourself what happened right before you got that craving. Remember, your, your subconscious is great at taking prompts. So, like, for me, I started realizing, like, I was – and no man wants to admit this, but I realized I was an emotional eater. Like, what dude wants to be like, yeah, bro, I'm an emotional eater. I love to crush some <laughs> cheese. its whenever something bad happens. Yeah. Like, no guy wants – I don't think anybody really wants to say right. that. So, and the way I realized it is I would suddenly be like, oh, man, I need to just go get a snack. And I was like sitting there one day and I was eating. I was like, I'm not even hungry. Wait a minute. What am I doing? And I started like fast forwarding back. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, oh, I got that email from a client and it immediately caused like a stress reaction because it was like a flare up that I didn't really want to have happen. Once again, pain reaction. Even if you identify as somebody who can handle stress well. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, there's that whole sword you can die. on. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't buy into that, but identify the cravings. Yeah. And when you see the cravings, then start to ask yourself what happened beforehand. And We've co- had clients do that. Like journal, journal the a couple hours before this happened. Yeah.
1: And just look through it. Who did you talk to? What happened at work before yeah. you got home? Is something wrong with the kid? Like what is going on? Was there a big bill that came in the mail that you weren't ready yeah. for? Like you got to figure that out. This, that,
0: and that's skillful living. This is what yeah. we're talking about. And that's why, that's why I said, I, I think you that. can anticipate, you know, you can anticipate most things if you're paying attention because Honestly, things happen over and over again. We're surrounded by a world that spins every day, surrounds the sun 365. You know, every 365 days we do a lap. We got four seasons. We wake up. We go to bed. Like things happen over and over yeah. and over. And when you can start to identify the patterns in your life, you'll be able to see things coming and you'll also be able to make sense of things that have gone by. And really that pattern recognition is what will allow you to accelerate and be, truthfully be a leader because you'll be able to anticipate what comes because you start to re- recognize these repetitions and you'll be the person that's like, well, hey, like you say, well, You know, in that moment, why didn't you lose it for your, you know, why didn't you lose your temper? Well, I knew who I wanted to be for my wife and I I knew that I was, I had this date and I told myself it was important. I put huge meaning on it. Oh, oh, it sounds simple, right? It's simple, not easy. But But it's amazing
1: how many people live like the world's spinning and so many people live their lives without intention yeah it is sad yeah like, and if you can live a life with intention you are in way more control and things go your way yeah 90 percent of the time because we could probably go on for hours and hours i do want to let's let's yeah, get to you get
0: my, my vision alignment question break this down so okay. people he,
1: hearing can actually you know go through this on their own <laughs> uh, maybe uh, the gratitude one if it makes sense to do yeah, it so,
0: so the gratitude one maybe we can link to it in the show notes i just do a tony Robbins nlp tony yeah. robbins nlp exercise a quick point about that. Your brain does not know the difference between reality and a, a dream. And so if you doubt that, think about a time whenever you had a dream. I remember there's this dream one time um, when I was a kid. I woke I dreamt. I was like in high school. I dreamt this radio station that was giving away money, that I won the money. And I woke up and I was like, yes. And I remember I was like, wait a minute. Did that? Oh, that oh, that was a dream. And I've even had some dreams that I like to this day. I still have to go like, no, that wasn't real because it was so emotionally invested. And that's how things get burned into your brain is emotion is like an intensifier that will really cause some some track to be laid in your subconscious. So anyways, I say all that to say with NLP and with what with what this gratitude exercise is, you can go back and relive moments in your life that you can be so grateful for so every morning i wake up and there's a breathing exercise before because 25 percent of your oxygen goes to your brain so i do a lot of breathing to get my brain woken up and then i'll put my hand on my heart which is actually it's an anchor you don't often yep. put your hand on your heart so when you do it's like telling your brain you know think about like this when you get into like get underneath the bench press or you get into push-ups Your brain knows what's coming because you've done it so many times. You have an anchor. You don't get in push-up position unless you're doing push-ups or you don't get under a bench like that unless you're doing bench press. So your brain knows what's coming. You can do that intentionally. So putting my hand on my heart is an anchor, I'm like, okay, here we go. We're about to embrace gratitude. And then I close my eyes and I think back to three moments that I can be so grateful for in my life. And I close my eyes, and the, the, the prompts are you see what you saw, you hear what you heard, and you feel what you felt. Because what am I doing? I talked about how the world how your brain is basically making sense of all the information coming into it, and we do that through the five senses. So I'm re engaging three of those senses when I go back, and I truthfully will see it from a first person state. So it could be, you know, my kids being born, it could be something small, like just a smile on my son's face when we were playing. You know, like yeah. but this is the this is the beauty. You may start off with really big things like, Oh, when I got my house, or when I got married, or when I you know, people will start off. With the big ones the more you do this you start to train your brain and it's amazing how it brings up small things and suddenly you're like oh I'd forgotten about that man that was amazing so you're like reliving your life and enjoying it again which is the beauty of a memory and so then what happens is as you like anything we're humans are made to be conditioned like you can't tell me anything otherwise we are conditioned that that's how we roll everything is always conditioning us so when you start conditioning yourself for gratitude what will happen is you'll be in a moment and you'll be like oh turn the memory maker on like this is a moment i want to remember everything about this i was in fenway park which i'm a baseball guy i love it soccer's my favorite sport but i love baseball as well a week ago friday and man fenway's romantic i'm getting chills just talking about it and like when i walked out into outfield i purposely walked around from where my seats were behind home plate and i walked into the outfield so i could see the grandstand and the monster and i didn't see i purposely didn't look through any of the holes it's only got one concourse because it was built in 1912 and i walked out to right field I walked through the outfield, I stepped out and like the lights just hit me, man. And I'm closing my eyes now, I didn't even mean to. And I could see the grandstand, there was a Boston cop to my right and man, the field was just immaculate and it was magic, man. I felt like I went back in time and it just filled my cup up so much. So how magical is it that I could go into that and know that I was like, hey, burn this one in because you're going to want to go back to it. What happens? You start living in such a grateful state. I will tell you, I mentioned I was depressed. The reason I'm so big on gratitude, gratitude is the only thing that I found that will shift you out of that anxious, depressed state where all you see is threats. And when you're grateful, all you see is opportunities. And the reason I believe that that's so true is there's a scripture that says, enter his course with thanksgiving, enter his house with praise. And like what I found in my own life is when I uh, am living with gratitude, I'm like ushering in the presence of God into my life. And you want the presence of God in your life. That is the greatest gift you could have. And so I have found that that has been such a shift. There's mountains of psychology behind this. If you if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm not into God or whatever, just go look. Just go look up the effects of gratitude on the brain. If if that's if you oh, yeah. if science is your kind of authority in your life, go look it up. Yeah, people listening will definitely want to take advantage of that. And and you know
1: we're not going to get into this topic because I think this this is a whole side thing. But I heard Josh say this on your podcast just recently. And it kind of shocked me at first. And I thought about it. I was like, wow, that's a really interesting perspective. It was Mm -hmm. something along the lines of depression is a privilege. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? And then he started talking about if you're aware that you're depressed, you're aware of your thoughts and emotions. You are aware of the way you're thinking. And Mm -hmm. the power in that and why I'm saying it now is because even if you're not depressed, but you're going through something or you're considering gratitude or anything, You are blessed enough to be able to even be grateful, to think about things, to literally process your emotions and your feelings in your head and then change them. Yeah. Because awareness precedes change. So you cannot change without awareness. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So right. it was a really profound thing that he said that I was like, dang, that's kind of hard.
0: You know what that is? That's a very zoomed out view because he's not just talking about, like, if you said that to somebody and all you're thinking about is the last 20 years, is like, man, you're such a jerk. That's, a, that's a horrible. You don't know what yeah. it's like. Well, I do know what it's like. And I agree with them. And the reason I agree with them is because if you zoom out and you look at the whole of human history, we're at a time right now where we're having to figure out what to do with our leisure time. Yeah. That's not a problem that the most of, if you look at humanity as a whole, that's never been a problem that we've had before. Yeah. And that's why people are sitting there looking at devices all the time because they're bored and their, their life is literally just passing them by while they're watching dancing monkeys on Instagram. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's living unintentionally is just getting distracted all the time and not having a vision. Yeah. So to that point, let me give you my vision alignment yeah. questions that yeah, I do. This is the perfect thing for us to wrap up. And like. I do this once a month. And I just want to say, if you don't have a vision for your life and you're kind of like, man, I like this. I, I you know, something that you said resonates with me. Uh, And we bounced all over the place. And I feel like we did not go chronological about the the 10 years of my life. So (laughs) hopefully people got some, I hope you guys got a little bit of inspiration. If you're looking for more, you can find us on the impossible life. We've got a hundred episodes. We focus on very specific topics, how to get rid of anxiety, how to overcome fear leadership. Like we cover a broad range, emotional intelligence, core belief. Like we've, we've done a lot of. And for everybody listening, you guys know this. I don't listen to many
1: podcasts to be honest with you. I listen to more audiobooks and I read a lot. I listen to your guys' podcast every single week. Like it's the, it's the episode that I'm literally like, it's Monday.
0: Like, yeah, oh, that's cool. You know, thank and you. there's
1: I honestly like thinking of all the other podcasts I subscribe to. I have zero clue when they air.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, like, no, so it's a really, really good. I, podcast. I'm proud of it. Like you could be like, oh, this guy's full of himself. I, I I'm just saying it'll help you. Like that's why we do it. We have Garrett and I have a very clear mission to serve other people and yeah. help them develop to be all that God made them to be. Nobody
1: would ever think that, dude. That's just well, I just you know, story I just, in your own head. oh
0: well, I pr- hey, you know what? I probably needed to hear you say that. Yeah. So thank you. But yeah, I, I'm proud of what we do. Uh, the, what I was going to say, and actually, I want you to come on this, Cody. So what we do, I was talking. talking. Talking about vision, most people don't have a vision. Garrett and I have a tool that we use, and I have mine in my phone. It's called Ideal Me. Mm. And so, what it is is it's like it. it, We look at visions, values, and beliefs to craft an ideal you. If you think about what you have in your life right now, everything you have in your life right now is the result of seeds that you so that you sowed many years ago. Right, and we see this easily with like kids, right? But like I'm talking about whatever you have in your life, finances your emotional state. It's all the, it's all the result of seeds from years ago. So what if you could, instead of being like, Oh, well, you know, hopefully it gets better. What if you could look ahead and very clearly see and identify what you wanted and then start sowing those seeds today? This is like a This is something that Garrett used to help him get through buds, which is obviously the most difficult military training in the world, is he had a very clear ideal him that he was pursuing as part of this. And I talked about it. The fastest way to get discipline is to get vision. So this is a very powerful tool that we both use and that we've developed together. We do it. It's a free call. It takes 30 minutes. I'd love to have you on it. Maybe we can put the link for people who want to take part whenever this airs. Because we do. we're doing them about once a week right now. I don't think we're going to do them for long, but we've had a really big response to it. And we do it for free because we just want people to come on and to just you know, like I said, we're here to serve. So anyways, once you have that vision, then you can start asking yourself questions like this. So let me show you my eight vision session monthly questions for you guys. And then we'll wrap unless you want to keep going. So, okay. So remember what this is doing is this is maximizing your days. It's, it's making the most out of your days and squeezing every drop. So I have the first three questions look backwards. So I go, what went well last month? What could you have done better? What was the biggest thing you'd improve? Right. And those last two questions probably sound similar, but they're 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 different because, like I said, when you prompt your brain, you're going to focus. Yeah. Then the middle two is like me dreaming because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna keep pursuing a vision and, and keep trying to be my best and greatest every single day, I've got a dream. So first question: What would this month look like if it were perfect, right? And then the second one: What idea sounds too fun to be real in any area of your life? That mm. that one's different every month. It's really fun. And then the three are looking ahead, and this is where I talked about. It. Now you can know who you need to be in the moment, and you can show up. Right. What potential challenge do you foresee this upcoming month? This is where I will look at my travel schedule. I'll look at all the commitments I have. Prepare. Yeah. And I'll prepare and I'll say, ooh, that's a hot spot. I need to be ready for that. Right. Like I just came out of two business trips back to back where I was traveling eight out of 10 days. What do you think is going to happen? My kids are going to miss me. My wife, whose love language is quality time, is going to miss me. I know that I can't come back and just be like, cool, I'm going to get right back into like the normal routine. No, I've got it. I've taken some stuff out of their tank. I need to go fill up their tanks. I'm the leader of my family. It's my responsibility. Second question, what area do you really want to improve on? You know what's amazing about this, this man? Every month when I set these questions, what's fun is that when I come into the next, the first of the next month, I ask three questions looking back. You know what's happened since I've done this? I would say, what are we? We're on month nine. I think maybe one, there's only been maybe one month where I didn't do exactly what I said i wanted oh, to do good. because i'm giving myself a very intentional clear focus and then the last one and this is like this is a question about optimism about positive attitude and and, and being grateful and really you know putting the energy in the, into your into your life what are you most looking forward to this month that's the last question yeah. and it's just it's simple man i came up with these questions myself I, you know i've got other questions i use for various things questions are powerful because they bring a focus to your life so i'll yeah, you know, if you want these questions, I'm happy yeah. to text them to you. You can put them, but like, I, it's very simple. This takes me maybe 15 to 30 minutes, but I can tell you that it has made this the most productive year of my life. And just the concept of stopping and taking stock and just assessing things and going, okay, right. Here's where we're at. Here's where we want to go. Here's what we're going to do about it. It's really simple, right? Yeah. But like often what's, what's the wisest, most, most powerful things really boil down to being simple. It is right. It's a mastery of basics. Yeah. And so and
1: we're on month nine of you doing that. So it's, it's the mastery of basics, It only happens if you do the basics consistently.
0: Yeah. We all eat every day. No one complains that they're going to be hungry again tomorrow, but we we start to lose heart whenever we realize that we're going to have to keep making disciplined choices forever. It's like I said, principles of growth, repetition, consistency, and time. That's the price. I'll
1: have you send those to me. I'll put them in the description. I have a, a similar philosophy, like just real quick in response to that, that I talk about. It's similar to creating your greatest self. And I often will say like, okay, visualize whether it's in a year or five years or 10 years or whatever what is the greatest version of yourself? So for me, I'm like, okay, well, you know, when I've been a father for 10 years, what will I be like? Or like not even, I won't even frame it. What will I be like? What could I be like? Yes. Because at first there's probably some doubt and self belief issues, right. And some limiting belief issues. So I think about all the things that could potentially like, you know if everything goes my way i could i could be that person yeah and then you reverse engineer it okay well That's exactly where does that right. guy like, live what does he yep. do every day How, what are his habits yep. who is he surrounded by what is he like depositing in at home and at yeah. work and you start to realize that the only way for me to become that person in 10 years is to just start acting like him right now exactly you know and you can lay that out really easily and then the other thing i do is actually and this sounds weird to a lot of people when i first say it but i compare myself to people I look up to and some, something that I heard Keith craft say mm-hmm. that confirmed this was when he said there's three responses from yes. people when they're around greatness, right? Yep. There's uh, I believe it's envy, intimidation and inspiration.
0: Yep. They're either intimidated, so, inspired or, or jealous. Those, yeah. Yeah, those, yeah, those yeah. The three. yeah.
1: So like, I know for me when I'm around people who are more successful than me, more athletic than me, more Jack than me, have better marriage than me. I don't get like sour. I don't get right. Evidence. I usually ask if I can pay for some time with them. That's cool. I'm like, I want to learn what from a great people. attitude to have. You know what I mean, yeah. So, why compare to like if if I'm thinking like comparison can be the thief of joy 100 mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Mark Twain I believe that that quote's from, but at the end of the day if you compare to somebody who is greater than you and then you put the lens of well why not me if they did it yeah you know I even think about people like like I watched Keith Craft and I'm like what doesn't that guy do I think yeah. I was watching the uh, Fourth of July service and he started singing and I was like yeah. he sings too yeah like, he puts points on the board everywhere. what is this yeah. And so, but then I'm like, okay, well, how old am I compared to him? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's no reason why I can't. You got 32 that. years. That's exactly. What I'm so I think about those things. I'm like, all right, well, let's do the same thing I did for my greatest self. So that, <sighs> that reverse engineer his steps. Yes.
0: So, but what Cody just said is very, this is why I want to have you on for our ideal you. Uh, that's, that's what we call it. It's the ideal you. Okay. I want you to come on because we do exactly what you talked about, but we have it broken down because what you just described is like, is you're somebody who's aware of what you're attracted to and you're able to use what you're attracted to, not to intimidate you, but to inspire you of like, Hey, this is actually possible. Right. And that's powerful. So if you can start to take intention out, intentionally do that in, in your life and then create a vision of like what the ideal you would be like for every single area and then like you said, reverse engineering, you can start to build standards out. Yep. And and we talked about living an intentional life. When you do that, I promise you, you'll be living more intentional th- than probably most people you'll be in a room 100%. with. And it's not that you're sitting there trying to be like, oh, I'm better than you. It's not. If you want to get everything out of your life, I believe God made people with, it, with it, he put eternity in the hearts of man is what it says in Ecclesiastes. We are made – we have an eternal longing. People are not meant to just be like, oh, hey, I'm comfortable. I can play golf the rest of my life. You weren't made for that. You have a plan and purpose for your life. So if you can start to take hold of that, I will tell you, man, to live f- free from fear, free from fear of pain, to to be the type of person that walks into any play, any situation and knows that you're – maybe you don't know what to do, but you're the type of person that can figure it out. Yeah. And you're a person that's bold and confident and that is healthy and that you can look after other people and serve and give your life to them. Man, your life will take on a sense of purpose and meaning that you've never, ever dreamed of. And yeah. that's where I'm, we talked about where I'm at now, probably a good place to wrap, to wake up every single day full of purpose, man, knowing that God made me, knowing that there's a purpose for my life on the earth and that it's to, it's to serve others, right? And to, to be excited about that and to look forward to the interactions, to know who I want to become. And not that I have it all worked out. I don't, right? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but here's what I do know. I know who I'm going to be no matter what. And I yeah. know how I'm going to show up and that that is powerful, so two things
1: I could probably keep saying this, but we got have, yeah. some, but two things I just want to say about that. the first one is going back to what you said earlier with the timeline, like it's endless, so yeah. you know, it's something that I actually struggled with is you know I have a mentor in my life who actually became business partner of tailored life apparel cool. yeah. and he is one of those i'm sure you've read the book mere christianity yeah c.s lewis amazing he describes somebody as holy Mm -hmm. and one of the things he says in there is it's like almost like they have an unlimited amount of time each day Mm -hmm. and so i remember talking to andreas it's his name i'm like bro like do you have 36 hours in Mm bed how are you this person to so many people and how do you do so many things and accomplish so much and have time for yourself and like he knows how to do everything so i'm like hey do you have anybody for tile we want to do like a backsplash. she's like oh I, i know how to do uh glass cutting i'll come over i'm like what? Yeah. He just comes over. He's renaissance right? man. Dude, like, he, yeah. he, I call him the, you know, the guy from the Dosa keys commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the coolest man of the world. Yeah. yeah. The most interesting, interesting man of the world. Yeah. That's him.
1: Cause I learned stuff about him all the right. time. He's Mexican. I was like, this oh, is that's perfect. perfect. Yeah. So, but uh, I remember getting frustrated and because I was trying to be that way. Yeah. I was trying to be that person. And and he put it in a f- timeline frame of mind for me. And he was just like, dude, I'm older than you. I've been doing this long. With you. Yep. Just, just remember, like you just got to become that person you don't have to become that person. Eventually, you know, I'm getting ready for a contest. That's a deadline, right? That's math. I cut calories a certain way until I'm there. It's easy. Life is not like that. Exactly. Becoming that person isn't like that, especially because once I become that person, I'm going to look at the next person who's above me and be like, Oh, that's the next level. So yep. you just constantly grow. Yep. And then we're, we're going to put this on a shirt, but something I've always said, and this is actually how I got my wife to understand entrepreneurship because we were having a discussion, a heated discussion. Cause she was like, <laughs> you're never satisfied. Like, why, right. when are you ever going to be satisfied? Cause I did the whole, like, well, once I make this, yep. well then once day I make then. This?
0: never, never works. And I
1: really, once I understood the purpose behind what I was doing with my business, I was like, you know what, babe, I'm never going to be satisfied, but I want you to know that every single day I'm fulfilled,
0: right? That's a big difference, you know,
1: cause I will always stay hungry. I'll never be satisfied, but I'm always fulfilled. Yeah. And as long as I'm fulfilled, I'm going to be present in what I'm doing and I'm going to work and I'm going to hustle and I'm going to build this because it's never going to end. It's never going to be enough technically. But as long as I'm happy, yeah, in the moment, that's what matters. I'm not acting on scarcity. I'm acting on fulfillment, right? Right. So, anyway, this has been an amazing podcast, man. We'll we'll definitely. Probably have you on. Again, I would love to come on. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, I feel like we could go another couple hours, man. We, we, we hardly even got to touch everything. Yeah, we easily could. So drop yeah. uh, your Instagram, I drop uh, yeah. for you and the podcast, the yeah. podcast title, as well as uh, Mindset Mastery, because yes. that is not conflict of interest. In oh, our right. Coaching at yeah. all. So I highly recommend people grab it. But just drop everything so we can put that in the description.
0: You want me to sell it now? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life, is the podcast. We also have a website, TheImpossible.life, where you can find out everything about Mindset Mastery. It's our group online coaching program. You'll also be able to sign up for our, I'll put the ideal me link in your show notes cool. as well. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Nick surface one. It is how it sounds. N I C K. And then my last name is like the surface of a table. So S U R F A C E one. I'll put all that in the show notes, guys. Definitely recommend all of the above mindset.
1: Mastery is honestly underpriced. It's extremely cheap. And Thanks man. It, the value is so high like if you really want to work on your mindset self-discipline and, and you get it from somebody who has learned every i mean you're getting it from nick but also from a navy seal like yeah. together it's it's pretty it's pretty great if crazy. you want an elite mindset like Come join
0: us! It's and good. I, it is the greatest advantage yeah. you will ever have as your good. mindset. So
1: we appreciate you guys listening. Obviously, you know, leave us a five star rating and review. Make sure you send this to somebody who could benefit from it. Share this on your Instagram story by taking a screenshot or just hitting this share button if you're on Spotify. Tag myself at Cody McBroom. Tag Nick at Nick Surface One or at The Impossible Life. Correct? Yeah. Or is it Impossible Life Podcast? No, it's at the Impossible Life. At yeah. the impo- I'm surprised you guys had that handle Bro, available.
0: Yeah, man, that's yeah. good.
1: God. So check out the description. Make sure you tag us. Make sure you post it. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be catch you great. Next time. Go be great today.